what to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Oh, hi there. Welcome back to Pflugerville. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat. Beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's psychic is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. Every day is a new adventure in building and invention. But luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have time for projects of my own, like salami boards. This invention of mine combines a meat platter with a surfboard. Imagine riding a wave and also having a selection of ham ready to eat right under your feet. Ha! Pretty smart, right? Another project of mine I'm passionate about is this podcast dedicated to my favorite subject, invention. Why is invention my favorite subject? Well, because I am an invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me, and I invented salami boards. Surf's up with a side of mustard. Now, today's invention... Oh, sorry. Power nap. Where was I? Oh, right! Today's invention is the cellular phone. Cell phones are everywhere. We use them for everything. In fact, you might be listening to me on one right now. But not long ago, they didn't even exist. But before we go any further, let's take a look at how a cellular phone actually works. When you speak into a cell phone, a microphone turns your voice into electrical signals. A microchip in the phone creates a radio wave using that electrical signal. The radio wave travels through the air to a nearby cell tower, and that tower sends your voice to the person you are calling. Ha! The process is then reversed so that the person on the other end can hear your voice. How cool is that? Now, the history of the cell phone starts in the 1940s. Back then, phones had to be attached to a phone line or wire that kept you stuck in one spot. Wishing they could practice dancing while chatting with their grandmothers, engineers at AT AT&T built an experimental cellular tower in St. Louis in order to try out a new wireless phone. With only one tower, only a few people could use these mobile phones at the same time. And though these cell phones were technically mobile, they weighed 80 pounds and were bigger than a car truck. So much for dancing, Granny. For a long time after that, AT&T's mobile cellular phones were stuck in the car. The only thing that could move while still having access to a battery power big enough to power them. But then, a company called Motorola came along, and they had a very different vision. In the 1970s, a man named Marty Cooper was put in charge of Motorola's communication systems division. Marty had a crazy idea. He thought that cellular phones should be taken out of the car and put in your pocket. He believed the cell phone should be a personal phone. 
something that would represent an individual and not a place, like a desk or a home. Marty's inspiration was a cartoon called Dick Tracy, where the main character's watch works like a phone. Marty's mobile phone concept was so exciting that Motorola invested $100 million in it. Wow! Marty assembled a team, and together they designed and built a cell phone in less than 90 days. This original Motorola cell phone, called the Dynatac 8000X, weighed 2.5 pounds and was 10 inches long. Everyone called it the brick, or the shoe, because it was so big and heavy. A very substantial part of the brick was its battery, which weighed four to five times more than a modern cell phone battery. As heavy as this battery was, it only had 30 minutes of talk time before requiring a 10-hour recharge. But according to Marty, that was okay because the phone was too heavy to fold up for more than 30 minutes anyway. On April 3rd, 1973, Marty and his team demonstrated two working cell phones to the media in Midtown Manhattan. Standing on 6th Avenue, Marty made the first official handheld cellular phone call in history. Reporters and onlookers watched as Marty dialed the number of his chief competitor, AT&T, and said, This is Marty. I'm calling you from a cell phone. A real handheld portable cell phone. People couldn't believe it! That public demonstration landed the Dynatac on the July 1973 cover of Popular Science Magazine. As cool as all this was, it was more than a decade before cell phones would become good enough to be used regularly. And even then, they were pricey. An AT&T car phone would have sent you back about $2,500, and the Motorola model would have cost about four grand. And the only thing you could do with the phones was talk. And if you drove through a tunnel, you'd lose the call. Because of this, while the phone companies kept innovating and improving cell phones, people started to think of them as a novelty, something to be used by the rich and powerful. Experts predicted about 900,000 Americans would be using the device by the year 2000. But when the new models of the cell phones came out, ones small enough to fit in your pocket that everyone could afford, the experts were proven wrong. How wrong? Well, by the year 2000, 90 million cell phones were in use. The rest, as you say, is history. As you know, the cell phone is more than just a phone now. It's a camera, it's a calendar, it's a TV, it's a map, and it's a podcast player. Cell phones have captured some of the most important moments in recent history, spread information to every corner of the planet, and brought the knowledge of mankind to your pocket. If you ask me, that's an invention worth celebrating. So go ahead, call your grandma, and start dancing. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true! There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy go kapow. Hey, that's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger. Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein Story Club. That's a real winner. 
I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too. Yeah, keep on the lights, folks. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll find your way. I get a lot of excitement as Lucy Wow's sidekick. Sometimes it overwhelms me and I just, well, you know, faint. Well, today I got the most exciting news and I, and I, oh, easy kapow, deep breaths. Ooh, 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 ooh. Don't faint. I'm on a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sticker and God, I'm famous. The most famous mechanical pygmy goat ever live. Go to gokidgo.com and check me out. Lucy Wow merchandise is now available and you know you need more kapow in your life. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go!